Hi, and welcome to Helpful Histories, where me and my friends, or as one likes to call them, the history dummies, their words, not mine, ask and answer all the questions you ever wanted to know about history. Today, it's me and my friend Tom, and we'll be talking about the Black Death. Because a little plug for me. I do something on YouTube called Painting yes. with Ruth Bay. Please check it out. So check out my YouTube channel. Yes. You can see me paint and listen to music. And it's everything you want. This is, this is, I like it. Yeah. But, <laughs> um... So today we're talking about the Black Death, one of the most famous pandemics in history. It caused devastation across Europe, but also the Eastern world. And the person I have with me today is my wonderful friend, Tom. Hello. Do you want to say something about yourself in any way, shape, or form? Yeah. What do you want to say? Um, I work with Julie. Uh-huh. I'm an artist. I uh, make music. And a lover of all things Nicolas Cage. Lover, lover of all things Nicolas Cage. A tormentor one, one of me. One of Nicolas Cage's biggest fans. Only one of? I would have thought you'd have said you were the biggest. There's probably worse ones. I don't know. <laughs> definitely was. I query, ones. I query. I feel like David's slowly creeping up on you. He is. On he is. I really, it, uh, you yeah. should see the things he's sending me. Oh no. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, Tom daily tortures me with some kind of Nicholas Cage reference and everyone that knows me knows how deeply I, uh, I feel about that. I've got two Nicholas Cage mugs. Have you not got a third in the way? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. get the Cameron Poe one. Okay. So we're talking about the Black Death. Obviously we can't really say that we're talking about the black death without mentioning the c word yeah covid yeah i i thought about doing this before yeah covid and it makes sense but then i thought not too soon i wanted to wait for a while i know we're not by any means out of the woods but it's been in my head recently and i think we're a wee bit in this country anyway a bit further on so i feel like we can do it now yeah and plus it'll um probably make people feel good about this pandemic yeah because this one was worse yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's way worse and they still managed to get over it without a lot of the stuff that we have now. Here's an interesting thing I learned oh. today. Oh. Um, quarantine, mm-hmm. the the origin of the word quarantine is from the Italian for 40 days. Yes, that's true. The Italians are um, going to come up quite a bit in this because they were one of the better countries at kind of i guess quarantine is what they did most of they did um boot in the plague out they yeah they kind of get it because it looks like a boot oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> yes i get it well done tom uh yeah we'll we'll get we'll definitely talk to them because they 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 were probably one of the best so the plague or which is what this was even though they would have called it the black death is usually also known as the bubonic plague or by its bacterium name why pestis the why does stand for a word i can't pronounce what yeah. you're seeing where Cena? yeah i'm not i, I heard that on a few videos that. and i thought I'm okay. nah so there have been other outbreaks of plague throughout history but we're going to look at the most famous one which was around 1348 and that's the one that's known as the black death so there is one later on that's called the great plague and we'll talk about it briefly but sometimes people get confused between the two but this is the, the Black Death. That's the medieval one. There's like three variants of it. So there's three. So there is, according to the World Health Organization, there's kind of three types. There are bubonic, which is the most common and most responsible for what we're talking about today. Yeah. So it spreads from flea bites and it's not technically spread from human to human. And it's the most common type, but obviously it spreads very quickly in other ways. So they live too close to rats and that's how it spread. Yeah. 
There's pneumonic, which was also found around this time as well. It would have kind of developed sometimes from bubonic. It's found in the lungs and is the most dangerous type. And it can come from an advanced bubonic plague and can be spread by air droplets. So it's probably close yeah. to COVID yeah, that we would know of. Well. Yes, exactly. And then there's another one called septicemic plague, which is found in the bloodstream and can be spread by fleas, but also through cuts in the skin or at unusual times an advanced bubonic plague. But the one we're talking about is bubonic. But that doesn't mean that the other two weren't involved. Pneumonic definitely was. Was the septicemic one where it's like 100% death? So kind of it and pneumonic are both a wee bit like that. The thing about the pneumonic one is if they get it in time. Yeah. But when we're talking like 24 hours you have, that's all you have for that. Yeah. And I think the problem with the septicemic one, obviously, is in your bloodstream. I guess none of them are good, but I suppose if we had to choose, we would want the bubonic. Yeah. It's still not a good success rate. but it's better than the other two i mean yeah it's horrible but obviously this is not information that they had 1348 this is only stuff that's been found out since that's the scariest thing like at the time they just have no idea what it is they think well we'll get to it but they think it's all sorts of different like punishments yeah well obviously they didn't you know know any better how did the plague start so a bit like covid when we know it kind of well, we suppose we know more about COVID because it obviously originated from a particular place. And the Black Death starts in Europe, which is where it's most famous for, around about October 1347. Twelve ships arrive in Italy, bringing the plague with them. And as we famously know, it came via fleas that bit rats, that the rats were on the ship, and then they left and went into Italy. And, oh, I heard yeah. a creepy thing about those fleas. Oh, what? Because when they got the bubonic plague what it did to them is block their stomachs oh so they weren't able to absorb the blood that they were taking from people so then they would bite more people they'd be kind of desperate for the blood that's disgusting so they'd spread it much more oh i never know not even during looking at this did i know that that's terrifying bonkers isn't it that's horrible oh the thought of it actually is giving me the chills so what I find interesting, so we obviously we talk about the Black Death and its biggest sort of reign of terrors in Europe, but shortly before this, the Black Death had already struck in the Far East. So we're talking India, China, Egypt, they'd all suffered, and the ships that pulled into Italy had been on trade missions to these countries, hence the mm. plague spreads. Scientists who have studied it can find its origins as far back as 2,000 years ago in China. It spreads very easily, even by simple touch, and was... That was why it was so rampant. So the fact then as well that the rats were carriers helped because we all know that statistic about what is it like you're never six foot away from a yeah. rat. Yeah. Always about. They're always about. So that's why it was able to spread so quickly and so easily. And obviously there are other factors we'll talk about, like the fact that they don't have the hygiene that we have nowadays and things like that. Yeah. But literally the rats were living on top of them. So it was impossible for them to separate themselves from the plague really. And so everybody always thinks of, now, not that I'm a fan of rats. I'm not advocating killing rats, but I'm not advocating being a fan of them, right? I like them. Do you? Yeah. Good for you. It's an interesting choice. I wouldn't have liked them back then. I like them I now, don't. though. Yeah, like, do you mean like a pet rat or like a dirty rat off the street? Kind of a, both. Oh. I like seeing them run. I'd love to see oh, a, no, a rat running. Oh, no, actually scared me. They've got a little yellow, but no, sorry, not yellow, white <laughs> underbellies. yellow? No, no. So... Obviously, the rats get the bad rap of they are the plague spreaders, even though technically yeah. it was the fleas, but the rats get yeah. the bad rap. 
Well, there is research that suggests that rats, as I say, are getting a bad rap. And it might have actually been other rodents that are originally responsible because there's something called a marmot, which looks apparently like a ground squirrel. So I have seen pictures and it does kind of look like a squirrel that just doesn't live on the trees. Yeah. And it was eaten by nomadic Mongol tribes, who obviously are in the Far East near China. And according to historian Monica Green, the fact that the Mongols were so nomadic and had eaten it interacted with these infected marmots helped spread it in the 1200s so that's about a century before yeah so there's a strong chance that actually maybe not as bad as the rats but that they had kind of predated it and that the mongols would have kept their hides and their meat so that infected meat would have been spread about their yeah. hides would have been spread about and then obviously the mongols themselves would have been carrying it about yeah so that could have easily spread it into china which then spread it to Europe via India and Egypt. Yes. I so. heard there was a thing where the there was four main Mongol like armies or yes. you know provinces yes. really widespread. Yes. And one of them led by one of the Khans. Mm-hmm. They did a thing where during a war they there was so many putrid dead bodies and the stink of them was so bad mm-hmm. that they resorted to catapulting them at their enemy. Yes, I have heard that before, actually, now you say that. And that could have been one of the things I that really could have... kind of started yeah, moving on. along that, that kind of plague warfare, and stuff. It's just so grim. It's so, so grim. I can't help but think of the word Khan and then think of Genghis Khan and then think about how he was responsible for producing, at his time, 1% of the world's population because he yeah. had so many kids. Yeah. It just never leaves me. It's mad, and it? Like, so many people have, like, his I genes, yeah. What if we do? You do. <laughs> I think I might hear it explain a lot. <laughs> yeah. But yes, these the the marmots are no, it's not a definite thing, but there's a strong evidence to suggest that, you know, it's it's very possible. Yeah. And there is a another suggestion that the as we call it, the bubonic plague was really more of a mix of bubonic and pneumatic. And so that is how it spreads so easily because it can go then from cough and sneezes. It doesn't just have to be fleas or rats or whatever. Yeah. And then this would obviously happen so quickly because the people lived in such close quarters and there's poor hygiene. So you're literally talking about, you know, got a whole families, whole generations of families in one building that has no yeah. sanitation that we would just throwing your waste out the window. Oh, exactly. The so obviously things are going to not gonna be good no so i thought right okay uh, like i know obviously certain things like the postules and stuff like that but i wanted an actual breakdown of what the symptoms are so yeah to the world health organization and according to them people infected with plague usually develop influenza-like symptoms after an incubation period of three to seven days symptoms include fever chills aches weakness vomiting and nausea which is terrifyingly similar to COVID. Yeah. Like there are a lot and then of... the blood starts coming out and the vomit. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> While that is true, if you are listening to us and you have COVID, please don't expect... Oh yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I but the plague. It was the incubation bit that got me. I was like, well, that's very similar to yeah. what they're saying with COVID. You know, you need to wait so many days. Yeah. In the bubonic, the bacteria attacks your lip nodes and that causes them to swell up and become painful and these were known as bubos hence bubonic plague and then these were commonly found in the worst places the armpit the neck and the groin 
and then these become open sores so that's what we're sort of used to seeing in like pictures and pains so and stuff grim, all, all your lymph nodes swelling oh, and i just imagine your throat being completely kind of closing out. over yeah and that's the most famous symptom and it's usually as i say what's noticeable in all depictions and i think that's where the actual term sort of black death comes from you know that looked like actual death in their bodies and it would have had that discoloration yeah. and so not not cool and the pneumonic plague then that was going alongside it is even faster and it could develop so while the other one develops in three to seven days it could develop within a day and if not treated within that time frame would kill you yeah there's no real exception like you go to bed all right you and then you're dead. dead yeah <laughs> you wake up dead i know so, so. so the good news is today there are antibiotics to treat the disease if caught in time However, this was not the case in 1348 because medicine obviously is not anything close to what we have today. Yeah. So if, is it, does it still exist? Mm-hmm. So can they treat it nowadays? Yes, they Just can. Antibiotics so, and stuff. So in 2017 in Madagascar, which has this thing where the plague keeps reoccurring for some reason, had yeah. an outbreak of plague. Yeah, according to the Lancet, which is a medical journal, Madagascar accounts for 75% of the world's plague figures and it has been very urbanized here because obviously it's spreading within towns yeah they have used antibiotics and where they can get them it's fine but it's the same thing there are still people that have died of it because they haven't got them in time yeah but the big difference now obviously is antibiotics so most of the time they can but yes I, I find it very strange they have had a couple of reoccurrences there I'm not sure why the good thing not the good thing for the people of Madagascar, obviously, but because at least it's an island, yeah. they can contain it. So there have been other places that have had like little blips of it, but nothing like what Madagascar have had. But yes, yeah, 75% of the world's plague figures. It's still not a lot of people suffering from the plague. Yeah, but... But for some reason, yeah. And um, as you say, the antibiotics have to be administered in time and that was part of the problem in 1340 they didn't have the antibiotics and the risk factors of poor hygiene and sanitation obviously don't exist to the same extent today yeah and they can treat things like say it's bubonic they have more time and therefore they don't have the same spread because everyone knows about you know washing your hands and yeah covering your mouth when you cough yeah whereas silly things like that we take for granted now weren't that's is that what true that that's where the term like bless you when you sneeze came from because they thought you were like if you've got the plague that would be an early symptom and then that you would need blessed from god because it's a kind of a punishment almost sort of i have heard that before and i've also heard that people felt that a sneeze was nearly like a convulsion which they attributed to the devil and they thought it was something evil leaving your body so they would say bless you so it couldn't get back in Oh. yeah so i have heard a couple of different there are like different nobody obviously even must know the real answer but there's a few weird different little things about why people say bless you and the ring of ring of roses thing yes that's one in it yes we'll talk about that we've got about that creepy is it's not always anymore. been creepy it is time. when you actually yeah. yeah even when you don't know yeah. what it's about it's like i know because we'll talk about it later well we can say the rhyme later and actually like look at it and be Sing like it. Yeah, well, I'll let you sing it, Tom. <laughs> we'll sing it. Okay, sorry. We will sing it. The worst part about not, I mean, not as if having the plague wasn't bad enough, is the treatments. The treatments are horrific, some of them. So, obviously, doctors back then don't have what we have today. Fair enough. But 
I still don't know. I, I guess I can see how parts of these things might make sense. And obviously there are like natural things that we still use today that they would have had and they did work out how to use. Yeah. But they're not going to have the same effect, obviously, as modern medicine. Their practices were still very much rooted in superstition, as this is what we would call them now. They believed in the idea of the four humours of the body. And this was a matchup between the four sort of classic elements, aka, you know, think of fifth element film. Well, I was thinking about just when. Yeah, that's but that comes with the fifth element. She's the fifth element. I've watched the fifth element once. Finally, I have a movie that I can say to you for God's and sake. Only you... halfway through. <gasps> I was so tired, I had to go to bed, but I was oh, loving it. it was, you it was need great. to watch. It's a I great do. film. It's a great I film. I remember now, yeah, she's the fifth element. She's the fifth so, what is the fifth element? So, uh, I don't know, her? Space. Space. <laughs> space dust. It's space dust. It's Lilo, that's what she's called. These four elements match up so you've got black bile which meant earth and was said to be prominent in depressed people and throwing up was recommended to balance this out so it was like this is in you and you need to get it out and then you won't be depressed yes yellow bile was fire and this was people were said to have too much yellow bile if they were aggressive or unsettled or or sort of i guess unhappy and they used chamomile to treat this which is Kind of interesting because that's used as a relaxant yeah. today to relax Germans people that are agitated. It's a cure for yeah. stuff. So there's some, maybe something to that. Blood represented air and was linked to being hopeful and playful or even brave. Fever and sweating were thought to be caused by this. So bloodletting was a cure. So that's when they would have got the leeches. What exactly is bloodletting? It's literally what it sounds like. So having blood, they would have thought a lot of things were caused by like poison in your blood. So they would have usually used leeches on your body to suck out the blood. And the idea was they sucked out the bad part. Okay, yeah. But obviously for certain illnesses, well, I'm sure it wasn't helpful very much of the time. But like if you're already weak. Yeah. And then they're like, let's just take your blood out. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of most of the time it did more harm than good, to be honest. But there are a few times when, you know, well, maybe sometimes I wonder how much of this was psychological. Like they thought it was gonna work. Yeah. Therefore it made people feel better. Yeah. I don't know. So phlegm was water and it was paired with being calm and thoughtful, and anyone suffering from the cold would have been seen to be having too much phlegm. And the good news for this is what it still is today, rest and fluids. Yes. So you didn't have to do anything too freaky for that. Now, we obviously understand that a lot of this now is wrong, but some of it, like the chamomile, for example, is correct. And so they did have, they weren't completely blind. They weren't totally without education on yeah. it. Or, and there would have been other herbs and things that they, you know, they would have still used like peppermint and ginger like we do now for nausea and stuff. They did have garlic and yeah and garlic is a good um like antiseptic so no they did have some things but um most of the stuff was pure shite yeah so wasn't the one that was rubbing um a pigeon on it (laughs) oh rubbing a pigeon yes that's right so (laughs) i got this list i went i was looking for like right okay what do people say is an exact sort of and i actually got this list off the bbc their um history section is really good i really recommend it but i and i just wanted to read out some of them because they're mental so there's one here, the one you were talking about. So you can rub onions, herbs, a chopped up snake on the boils, or cutting up a pigeon and rubbing it over an infected body. What in the name of Nothing God? Nothing worse I could imagine than <laughs> especially imagine? pigeons in those days oh, as well. Oh yeah, they as don't a... look well now. Oh. But can you imagine back then? I just don't understand what they got out of that. Like what was it? Like the blood they want? I don't know. guess so. The feathers. Oh, and I had that, the thought of that. Like, obviously, that would 
all right, onions and herbs probably didn't do much. I'd rub them on it. Yeah, but a pigeon's might have made it much worse. They would have obviously caught whatever disease the pigeon had. Drinking vinegar, which sounds awful. I do that. Do you, you psychopath? Is it like that apple cider vinegar? Yeah, apple cider vinegar, I drink that. Drinking vinegar, eating crushed minerals, arsenic, mercury, or even 10-year-old treacle. I do that as well. Which one? Arsenic. That's poison. (laughs) You can't. (laughs) No, is it arsenic? It's... Yeah, yeah, I think it's in better apricot kernels. Oh yeah, that's why there's like it's in bands apple on seeds them. as well. Yeah, but it's a natural occurrence, yeah. tiny. Yeah, yeah. Whereas arsenic, especially during like the Victorian times, was used by women usually to murder pretty people. Me- me- medieval with that. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> that was like I'm pretty sure if you've watched Downton Abbey that one of the women in it kills herself with arsenic. It's very bad. Abbey. Silly boy. It's Please don't anyone take any arsenic or mercury into them. Yeah, and don't take bitter apricot kernels. <laughs> yeah, because apparently they're illegal. Yes, that's in right. In the UK and America. You've got a theory about that? I do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, sitting close to a fire or in a sewer to drive out the fever or fumigating the house of herbs. <laughs> Where is it? I know. Next to a fire or sewer. Where is it? I need to know, right? So I guess sitting by a fire, right, you sweat it out. Okay. That sounds good. Where on earth? Why Why would being in a sewer? <laughs> I just don't get it. Because that is the idea that you'd be like uh, close to a lot of bacteria and your body would then get a defense to it. No, I don't think so. I just think it's something they they, they just thought of. I think they wouldn't have had the I don't even well, I don't know for sure if they knew about what bacteria was, but I don't think they were thinking, yeah, this will boost the old immune system. Did they have sewers? They the would have way? had not like what we do know, like so there would have been like nearly like so they would have obviously, as we'd said before, thrown their waste out in the street, but it would have collected somewhere, but not like a sewer, like what we would yeah. know. It's not like pipes under all the city. No, it'd be like a no. Be kind of basically like a big pit. Yeah. Oh, I getting know. That. Hor- yeah, getting that <laughs> shit pit. People that believed it was a religious thing, believed that it was punishment from God, thought that they'd better like you know do some sort of penance for it. So they had flagellants, and they um went on processions whipping themselves. So that's that thing you see like cat and nine tails where they would have like whipped it over their back and blicks. They thought, oh yeah, that'll please God somehow. Yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah, and but apparently he didn't because it didn't stop anything. Yeah. So shit one mates. There are other treatments which this one is my favourite because I'd love to know who got this treatment. Finding a unicorn and using its horn as powder. There's, I just imagine that was one guy. There's Does definitely that a guy mission? that puts a horn <laughs> on his horse and then says to people, look, and then they that's there has to be like uh, one guy's like I'm sure if I find a unicorn, the horn's <laughs> going to fix this whole thing. I just spent the entire time searching for a unicorn. I like to believe that that's what it was also. Yeah. That sounds quite nice. Now, this is going to be something that's really familiar to us. One later treatment in sort of the years after that did genuinely prove effective was quarantine. Yeah. And Tom, you'd really said about the word quarantine and where it comes from. At first, some places implement dun 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 a fourteen day isolation. Doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> that eventually grew to forty days, and it was actually the Croatians were the first people to to do this. They did like on a smaller scale, but the Italians saw it quickly followed and made it much bigger. Yeah, and unsurprisingly, the cities that did this had the best results. Yes. So, as annoying as uh, isolation and stuff is for us, there are proofs throughout all of history that it is the only. 
big thing that was. It seems rational, doesn't it? It does. It makes sense. You would stay inside until you had it out of your body so you couldn't yeah. give it to anybody else. Yeah. Everyone stays in, don't mix. Yeah. And then hopefully that would just stop it spreading. I thought we would look at a couple of facts just because I think it's good to have these ideas in your head just to explain how bad this was. So we're talking around about the year 1348. So roughly, now there are different estimates from different people. There obviously is no hard agreed number because they didn't keep records like we do. But roughly 20 million people, maybe to 30 million people, depends on the estimate, died in Europe out of a population of only 80 million. And there are estimates in some places of up to even 50 million over a span of four or five, six years. Yeah. So that's massive. Yeah. Massive amounts. Most areas lost upwards of 60% of their population. Some places were completely wiped out. Yeah. Roughly, the general statistic that's agreed is about a third of Europe died. Yeah. Which is horrendous. You, know, you have to think about that. That's like right now, all of the UK, all of Ireland, all of France, all of Spain, all of it. Like, like that's... Gone. Just gone. Fuck. I, I, I heard of, like, um there was... Like, yeah, like you say, a whole place is wiped mm-hmm. out that weren't discovered until aerial photographs yes. before World War One. Mm-hmm. It's like that's uh, scary, isn't it? Like yeah. to think that it had that level of effect, and it didn't really matter what age you were. You know, when we talk about COVID, we know usually younger people are better off. Older yeah. people suffer more. Not with the plague, it didn't matter age, gender, class, rich or not. You know, if you were rich, you might have had slightly better sanitation, but you, it wouldn't have been that horribly different enough yeah. to make a difference. So. There are even kings that died. There was a king called Alfonso XI, who was king of Castile. And he was doing a, a siege in Gibraltar. And the plague had spread and he caught it and he died. And nobody would have been better looked after than him. Yeah. So uh, it really did. It took, I think, a few of um, English, like minor royals as well. There was a lot of wars around that time as yes. well, weren't they? Which spread it like crazy. Did not help. They obviously are in even closer quarters than normal. People are wounded, so their wounds get infected. Yeah. That spreads and develops. Yeah, there was a lot of war. For example, this guy, Alfonso, that's basically what did it to him. He was in a siege and they caught up. There was obviously so many people that caught up. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if living in a castle, I suppose you could quarantine and be safe from it, but... As yeah, say, if, if you had you were, a lot of land. Yeah, then... you could maybe. But at the same time, if you caught it, you caught it. Yeah. So... And unless you had a spare pigeon to rub on you, <laughs> you were in trouble. Now, this I find interesting. Some isolated areas, right, got the plague very badly. Okay, fair enough. It gets there. They're isolated. They don't know how to go and get help or whatever. All right. There were other places that were almost completely spared. And we're not talking about little farmlands. We're talking about, and according to History Extra, this whole city of Milan. So Milan was just fine. Well, so what they say is, in the case of Milan, only one household fell victim to the disease, at least according to the Chronicles, and the plague was successfully contained. Meanwhile, Dewey Chronicles, monastic necrologies, and archival records, recording, for example, the death of magistrates, last wills and testaments, show no certain signs of the plague entering that city until the plague of 1400. So that's a good nearly 50 years later. One of the reasons that... Obviously, there are going to always be certain places that are hit worse than others. That's just life. I and mean, we're seeing it right now, even though in Northern Ireland we have the strictest restrictions. Yeah. We also have the worst COVID numbers. And, yeah. You know, it, there's always going to be somewhere. But 
Milan was very good at quarantine. Yeah. So their system actually in the later years had health documents, which just freaked me out because I was like, oh, that's like having your vaccine pass yeah. now. And they these documents could prove if someone was infected or had suffered and recovered or, you know, had been in contact with someone. Yeah. And I think that's really how generally they were able to contain it. Yeah. So that, I have to say, freaked me out. I was like, God, that's very similar. And it's nearly, but not quite a thousand years later. Yeah. Um, we kind of had to do the same thing. Yeah. Documentation of health and quarantine. I guess there are some things that they got very right. Yeah. This is where it gets really, really, and it's if things aren't bad enough, it gets really dicey now. So who they thought was responsible. A lot, a lot, a lot of people thought that it was from God. It was a punishment for their sins and for the sins of, you know, people that didn't live right and were heretics. And therefore, some ways that they decided, right, this is the only way we can get rid of this. If God's angry, is we'll have to pray loads, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, you had the people with the cat and nine tails and the flagellants, but they also thought that they had to get rid of heretics. And of course, as always, there is one society that's blamed more than all others, and that's the Jewish society. Yeah. So they were blamed in Europe. Thousands were, I mean, really thousands were killed as a result. Because Jewish societies had a tendency to live more isolated and separate from other members of society, because obviously they've been persecuted and they, yeah. were, they were trying to protect themselves, it actually made them less likely to get the plague because obviously they weren't mixing. Yeah. And then people thought, oh, well, this means they're behind it because... They're not affected, so it must exactly, be the thing. Yeah. Exactly. This caused a lot of agitation and they were persecuted basically as nearly being the cause on top of the fact that they were Jewish and you know that God wouldn't be happy with that as well yeah in Holy Roman Empire which is kind of basically a lot of modern day Germanic lands we're talking the Netherlands Germany Switzerland Austria that kind of central region of Europe and sort of parts of northern Italy the emperor there blamed the Jews for the black death he actually outright came out and said it and said that they used poison and so that caused the murder of thousands of Jews over his empire because yeah. he sanctioned it and then people were angry and they wanted someone to blame. Yeah. So they killed thousands of Jews and there was also attacks in Spain, not at the same level, but still a lot of deaths. Yeah. So on top of that, if you're a Jewish person, you're worried about the plague, you're worried about general discrimination as it is. And then this man comes out and says, yeah, also you could start the plague. Fuck. So not a good time. Yeah, that'd be the worst one. <laughs> To put it lightly, yeah. Um, there were other people that thought that it was down to astrology and the movement of the planets. So, like Mars, I'm sure I'm getting this wrong. Mars blocked Mercury, and therefore that caused this action to happen, which caused then the plague to happen. You yeah. know, probably are modern day things that like people still say. That that's where I would be. That's what I know, I'd be that's thinking about. Then I'd be like, all right, yeah, planets. It's all that. I know is like Mer- Mercury is in retrograde. What does that mean? No idea. All right. <laughs> Okay then. It would be a very um, ignorant superstition <laughs> at that time for me, anyway. Well, yeah. although I would just like to point out, in thirteen forty eight, they understood enough about the planets, Matthew Stewart. If you ever listen to this, because <laughs> the other day he was arguing with me about you know aliens building the pyramids again, and like yeah. how sure the Egyptians didn't know anything about the sun, which they did. I'm sick telling you. Yeah, they did. They knew a lot about it. Thank you, Tom. Switched on. You worshipped it. I was also very interested. I was like, if I was a person in 1348, how would I be reacting to this? You know, personally, obviously, like fear and panic. Yeah. Giovanni Boccaccio, who wrote the Decameron, which was set during the plague, 
said that there were some people that inevitably shut themselves away in their homes and never left. And, you know, there's been a lot of that this time with COVID. Others had the opposite response, which is fantastic. And basically thought if they were all going to die, they might as well party until the end. And they literally just went out and got drunk the entire time, didn't care, didn't follow any rules and just thought we're going to die anyway. So fair play to them. Live it, live it up. Exactly. And he also said that there were many people who, and this was a really popular thing, carried nice smelling flowers and herbs with them because good smells were thought to be purifying. So another thing that people thought might have caused the plague was bad smells. So they had this idea that bad smells cause bad things, basically. Yeah. And if you cancelled it out with good smells, that would get rid of it. Okay. So that was quite popular to see. And you'll see that in a lot of paintings and stuff too. People clutching to them. Like they might have had a rag and the rag would have been in something that was well, nice smell. That's what the paintings depicting exactly. that time are so good. Yeah. Because it just looks like hell. <laughs> like it's just incredible. Oh, like, yeah. But... Absolutely bonkers. Just like yeah, as um looking into England, mm-hmm. uh, apparently that really badly hit. It was one of the worst hit, yes. And it just like they said it was just like huge mass fires of just burning yes, dead bodies exactly. all over the landscape. So yep. just all they these were dark clouds. Particularly and... badly hot. But I heard a gross thing as well, which was where they, because they have mass graves, so they just dug up huge trenches and piled the bodies mm-hmm. on top and on top and on top. It's horrible. Until they were basically at the top and then covered them with soil. And then when heavy rainfall came, oh all the corpses came up and exploded and yeah and started dr- drifting around the place and then rats were eating them oh, so all these like really bad corpses just and then that spread all play. over the place yeah good god almighty well isn't that an image that we could have all lived about just hell just like <laughs> literal hell, hell on earth yeah. i would imagine like like it's not too far-fetched to say that people were literally walking outside and people were dying in the streets yeah literally pus bleeding like awful really really horrible and i always for some reason connect it with england too but i think that's obviously because we would have learned about england yeah england was particular they were a lot of countries were hard but england was did get it really bad like it really suffered what i thought was actually interesting obviously there's people who think god causes this and then there are other people that think well, it definitely doesn't make a wholesale like right we're against religion now there is a start of people beginning to question it because they think, well, why would God allow this to happen? Yeah, what would be God's kind of angle? You know, or why would good people be dying Yeah, when, you know, it's not just sinners? And obviously it doesn't until later on become the Reformation with Martin Luther, but there are seeds planted at this time that make people start to think, hmm, something's not right yeah. here. And maybe the church is not above all and everything. And the church weren't, they obviously weren't indifferent to it, but they didn't exactly... You know, people that, for example, doctors and nurses who literally risked their lives and obviously many died. You would expect maybe the church to be like, oh, aren't they great or aren't they? And the church kind of ignored them and didn't, you know, you would nearly think they would be like a martyr figure. Yeah. But they weren't. And I don't know if that was because maybe the church were seeing people start to question everything. We're about, say, roughly 150 years away from Martin Luther here. Yeah. And obviously he's not... It's not that he's not religious, he just doesn't believe in the Catholic Church. But there are seeds planted, and it's not like somebody wakes up one day and is like, that's it. Well, you doubt everything, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. In a time like that, you'd just be like, I don't know, things seem just a bit more random. A bit exactly, because as we say, kings and all are dying. It's not as yeah, if it's there's... just poor people. And 
And if you are a Christian and you see certain societies like the Jewish society being spared almost, you're bound to question and think, yeah. oh, maybe we're wrong. Or maybe yeah. this church is wrong. Yeah, you, you totally So there is, there is talk of it. And just as you were talking there about um, England and about the pits and stuff, Edward III is king during this time. And he realizes quite uh, quickly on that poor hygiene is a large part of the problem. So these burial pits, as you say, had first been dug and then <laughs> lovingly, as you just told us, floated bodies everywhere. They, he realized that at the very least they shouldn't be near big amounts of population because of what you said, it's going to spread. Yeah. So he had them moved further out and had the fires and fire pits moved further out. So yes, they still existed, but he knew enough to know at least if I move them, it'll yeah. be less death because they still had to do something with the bodies. You know, there was that yeah. many. And he also made London as far as possible clean up its streets because they started to realize that the dirt and the, the bodies and the rats were part of the problem. Yeah. So they would have obviously, I mean, there still would have been a lot of dirt. There still would have been waste and there still would have been. But he got the mayor involved and forced him to do at least some sort of a cleanup to help. Yeah. So he was quite clued up and quite good at recognizing the problems. And it does help, but it doesn't really help enough and it's a bit too late by this point yeah so while it helps it get maybe no worse it's still rampant at this point yeah in italy they had closed many ports and some again this is very apt for nowadays and i say the italians definitely were the people that had it down the best they had a place where for 30 or 40 days ships would come in and they'd have to isolate the people and their goods so in venice there is a specific island for play quarantine called Lazaretto Vecchio. The ships coming in would spend their quarantine on the bigger island. And then those who actually did have the plague had to move to this smaller island, the Lazaretto Vecchio. And people from Venice who were sick in the city itself were then moved to this island. So all the plague victims were on one island away from the general population. And I, as you know, really love spooky things. Yeah. All things haunted, nothing. And anytime I have looked up like, haunted places or most haunted this island always comes up really? every single time which is not a surprise considering obviously lots of people died on it yeah and while this was great they did implement it a little bit too late so thousands of people still died but obviously it was better than not doing it yeah and then according to history extra and i think this is why people say it's haunted an excavation in 2007 revealed more than 1500 skeletons all supposedly victims of the bubonic plague Thousands more are believed to remain below the ground on the island. So if I was a ghost, yeah. chances are I'm there. Yeah, you'd be there. Because yeah. there's obviously, and obviously there was kind of nothing they could do. These people had ghost to island. Oh yeah. Like I have literally looked up a thousand things and it always, it comes up. Eastern State Penitentiary, which I found, I did get to visit and what's creepy. What's that? It's in Philadelphia. Yeah. And so it was an old style prison for anybody that um, would like to go there. Please go there. It's amazing you can tell it's haunted it just yeah. looks like the archetypal creepy old jail <laughs> and i went during the day like and it was yeah. still like oh it was so cold it's only and it was roasting in philadelphia and it was so fucking freezing in there really at some point the play comes to like a peter and end because otherwise we'd still be suffering it so what happens is in the 1350s the black death starts to slow down with isolation being the case so it's the same as what we're seeing now you know it obviously will go for a while, but all, like all sort of pandemics and things, it will die out. Yeah. And quarantine was definitely the key to that. It had a number of knock-on effects on top of just the obvious you know, numbers of deaths that it caused. 
so many people were sick or dead that harvest couldn't take place. And as a result, this pushed up the prices of the food that there was. So as if it wasn't bad enough that you were sick and you were dying, you couldn't afford food. Yeah. So that obviously added to, you know, there probably would have, lot, there would have been a lot of starvation and famine deaths as well as Black Death yeah. deaths. But then if you already had the Black Death and you couldn't eat, I mean, it's yeah. not going to go well for you. But on the flip side, what this also meant was there were less healthy people available to work the land, which meant for the people that were, their wages went up due to high demand. So people who normally would have been treated like crap yeah, and who would have had low wages actually benefited. There is a slight positive that those people were finally getting. Kind of went up in the world a lot. They did. And they finally got sort of recognized for the, you know, they had to back mark, obviously. Yeah. So they, they would have um, been able to do that. Obviously, until this time, feudalism is fully in practice. And if anybody doesn't know, feudalism is how European society previously worked. This is the practice of peasants who lived on land, which was owned by nobles, who they then worked it and paid homage to these nobles, who then in turn paid homage to the king. Now, there are another thing called serfs, and these people were actually even lower than peasants. They were tied to the land and couldn't leave. Yeah. They're basically slaves. Yeah. Peasants were a slight step up in that they weren't tied to the land, but realistically, they couldn't go anywhere. They, they basically rented the land to work it like dogs to pay yeah. the nobles. Yeah. So it's a pretty shitty society for the people at the bottom. But because now everything's in chaos, that kind of ends. Not to say that, you know, nobles all of a sudden give up their land and all, but that sort of strict structure where you almost couldn't move yeah ends because chaos ensues yeah workers are now being paid in cash instead of in kind so they obviously would have been paid in food but now because there isn't as much food and stuff they're being paid in cash which they then take into the towns and spend on goods like clothes textiles uh, equipment and then that makes the merchant class that comes into being a couple hundred years later grow yeah so then they become like what people call it like new money yeah so that's how that sort of starts out and some historians even point to the black death consequences being a factor in what's called the peasants revolt in england so that's in 1381 and in this result people had just grown grown sick of the whole system of feudalism of taxation of parliament passing laws to try and stop wages getting above a certain price because and so this revolt is literally led by peasants. It's eventually put down, but it learn, leads to some long-term eventual changes in favour of the peasant class. You know, they're not as subservient anymore and they are willing to stand up for themselves. It happens later with Henry VIII. Now, his is called the Pilgrimage of Grace because it's actually more of a religious thing, but I think because they've done it before, a couple hundred years before, people know that they have a certain amount of power now. Yeah. And they can't now, Henry VIII, when Henry VIII brutally puts it down and murders pretty much everyone he can get his hands on because he's a bad man. Yeah. As evidence. Yeah, that's his style. But this is one of the first times in England where people actually realize, you know, no, we've had enough and they actually do try and do something about it. Yeah. So that's quite, and again, because the plague just takes away all class, all privilege. Everyone's in the same boat and people start to realize, oh, hold on. We don't have to live like this. If we don't want to. Well, you'd have to reevaluate after yeah. that because just so many people are dead. So yeah. It's like the number's been so drastically altered. Yeah, like drastically, yeah. A third of people are dead. Imagine surviving it. It would be crazy. It would be like literally waking up in like Whoa. a post-apocalyptic world or yeah. something. 
on you know good chance like maybe not everyone you know but probably 50 percent of the people you've ever known your whole life are gone yeah i would imagine it would be very similar to like women who were at home during the war yeah and knowing that chances are every fellow you knew yeah. doesn't come back like that's quite a terror i always think of that i think that's a very terrifying thought obviously the plague mostly goes away at this point but it does come back a few times after this outbreak and the most famous one is the 1665 great plague of london again england's worst hit now it's thought that a, roughly about sixty-eight thousand people died but there was probably more now that's obviously reduced a lot less from the black death because they'd learned from it basically yeah. and they could they could help um stop it but so how far on was that so we're so 1348 is the black death yeah this is 1665 so yeah. roughly 300 years that's yeah. i mean it's a big jump in time yeah it's not like there's anybody alive who <laughs> remembers, remembers the black death yeah so the king himself had to flee the city because it started to get quite bad and they obviously were afraid of him catching it and then what happens is in 1666 the great fire of london happens on top of this which obviously is terrible but some people say that that's what ended the plague nearly as if you know it wiped out yeah but it has to be noted that in other places where the plague has been no such fire has taken place and the plague went away so it's un unsure i would say unlikely yeah. it's just coincidence that the two things happened together do you reckon it could ever happen again the plague yeah I would have said no, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. COVID happened. Um, I don't know. I think, and not the plague itself, because they've mostly got antibiotics for that. But I think, yeah, I mean, it's proof now. Something like that could definitely happen again. Maybe not on that scale, like millions. Yeah, yeah like, well, the deaths are in millions and it's yeah. unavoidable death. Yeah. Kind of thing. But yeah, definitely. Well, you know, it was only 100 years or just over 100 years ago that the Spanish flu happened and that killed millions of people. Yeah. But again, our medicine, like the difference between our medicine now and then is huge. I mean, it's the medicine of 1917 would have been closer to 1666 than it is our medicine. Yeah. So that is a big difference. Like COVID's proven that, obviously. But it's clear that things obviously can still happen because look at us. Yeah. It's like, it's mad that it's still just going on and on. I just think my personal view is that there's always going to be stuff like this in the world and it's just the world going through cycles and there's always going to be plagues and pandemics some are going to be worse than others and it just depends on how we deal with them yeah so i mean let's say it's only 100 years ago the last big horrible thing and they did the same thing they quarantined yeah in spanish flu that was the only way to beat it yeah this is encouraging though as well it's better each time it's better it is better every time which is really good and this (laughs) The 1666 plague is when plague masks come in. So that's that famous mask that has the big long beak. Oh, yes, that, that plague. It's it not that plague. Yes. Uh, so they would have stuffed that mask with like nice smelling flowers and herbs and stuff. Um, supposed to protect to, them. Yeah, and also again. just avoid the stench. Yeah, exactly. And but it looks like a nightmare. It does look amazing, doesn't it? So. Yeah, but oh, the thought even somebody wearing that now is a costume. It really scares me. I don't like yeah. that. So. We had said earlier about this. Some claim that the nursery rhyme Ring a Ring a Rosies is about the Great Plague or the Black Death due to its use of nice smelling flowers, people sneezing and falling down. But we don't really know that this is true. It doesn't, you know, come right after the Black Death or the Plague. It's only attributed to it much later on. Yeah. And it's probably people looking back and putting a meaning on it. But the symptoms don't fully fit because bubonic plague doesn't really have sneezing or falling down. Yeah, and the so, Ring of Roses thing. Yeah. 
So chances are it actually doesn't mean that, yeah. but it's, I think it's too ingrained now. People I think everyone. Oh yeah. It's, 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 yeah. One of those yeah, things. Yeah. It's one that... of those things. But it's, I can see why people do think that. Do you want us to now sing ring a ring of roses? Yeah. Hold on. I want to get. Ring a ring of roses, a pocket full of poses, a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. There we go. A day out of the black plague. What? We're dead of the black plague. That's yes. what's happened. Apparently. What did they say that? No. If they said that, then it obviously would be about the black death. Um, no. Because there are some versions that say like ashes, ashes, we all fall down. I think people have used that for the black death because uh, yeah. they would have burned people and things yes. like that. So I think that's part of where it comes from. But I always knew a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. Yeah. So, right. Quarantine. Mm-hmm. I'm not fully up to date on what's like even our rules of quarantine right. at the moment but what countries are still doing say for covid the biggest quarantines that you know of? i know australia is really australia's strict. full lockdown pretty much new zealand went into full lockdown there because they had one case so they went into full lockdown yeah and australia i have friends that are living with hi gavin and jack if you're listening and who are stuck in that horrible lockdown but get to go on the most lovely walk so please feel good about it and we still love you don't worry so they they've obviously been telling us that it's quite intense there and i'm sure there are other parts of the world but those are the two that stand out to me to be honest yeah because america that's they've kind of relented quite a lot yeah and we are quite we're very lucky here our lives are almost back to normal yeah so i mean the thing about it is the Black Death, those people wouldn't have had the information and the updates or a vaccine yeah. like we have. They wouldn't have had any. So we can look at other countries, compare data. They didn't have any of that. They would have known, obviously, like France or Spain or whoever are suffering. But to be honest, they're not going to have had, obviously, the quick access to things like we have today. No. So it probably, I imagine if I was a person alive then, I would be like, this is the apocalypse. This is the end of days that is talked about in the Bible because what else could it be? You would fully think it. Yeah. It's it's like, it couldn't be more that. It couldn't seem more like that. I mean, literally, like there are paintings and they probably, some of them are probably dramatized, yes. But... A lot of them probably after the while after the fact exactly, as well, but... but people really were dying in the streets. Yeah, like it really was that bad. Fires everywhere. Fires everywhere. It would have, it would have looked like a hell landscape. Yeah, which is quite terrifying. Yeah, if you're a time traveler, you wouldn't want to go back there. No, would I wouldn't you? choose. That would be the definite. Don't go zone. Yeah, I think it's safe to say I would not go there. And there have been other plagues in other places throughout history and before that. There's been like plagues of Athens and things like that too, but that is definitely the seminal, worst, most famous one. I think because obviously the sheer amount of people it killed, but also because records are starting to have been kept from around about the late eleven hundreds. So that's probably one of the first ones that was really documented. Yeah. So that's probably why we know so much about it as well, and then we know so much about subsequent plagues. But there's a lot of beliefs about like ancient civilizations that were just like and that's say probably even right. in like yeah. north america that wiped were just out. completely wiped out i mean you t- we talk about it now there are still obviously some tribes in the world that live separate from us and they're fine until someone from the modern world comes in brings mm. a disease that they've never had and it wipes them out because they yeah. have no immunity to it. yeah so to me i think that's very possible that 
there are places i mean during this episode we find out there are genuinely places in england for example that are wiped out that's yeah. it done never come back done. again so yeah it doesn't take much to i and it's never necessarily where you think it is i watched a program once about amazon reinforce about the civilizations that live there you know we're talking mayans incas aztecs you know that sort of other one who aztecs from mexico and all of a sudden there's a, a, an area that has population for ages and then they just died overnight. Yeah. And it's the most unlikely thing in the world. It turns out a drought in the rainforest caused it. Well, the, it, there's even theories about that the rainforest was mm-hmm. the reason it's so dense is because the people that lived there planted those trees. Oh. And then they those trees spread and spread and spread once that right. population was gone. Uh-huh. So like it, it just took over. It became so dense. But they've got like new kind of... Um, uh, new kind of scanning imagery that mm-hmm. they can do and they're seeing like structures under the rainforest yes, and very things. interesting it's like wow there's a lot of that in africa too there are a couple of episodes i've listened to on things about places and they're finding like mm, sort of like groundworks in you know the jungles and stuff and they yeah. can actually work out that thousands of years ago there was like a full not just like small, like a massive scale civilization. Yeah. So there's quite a lot that things like diseases and stuff can just wipe out overnight. They are that powerful. But then at the same time, we see things like at the minute, you know, there's, I remember at the start of COVID when obviously things were in lockdown in the whole world where they were showing in Venice, the canals were so clean because we had fucked off from them. Yeah. So there's definitely like a cycle nearly, to me, that's why I wonder, is it like a cycle? Is it like nature trying to reclaim? Not that I think nature is out to get us with COVID. Yeah. But like it takes any opportunity. And then when we kind of retreat a bit, it can take back over. I remember seeing the pictures of the canals and being amazed. The dolphins were coming back into the canals because it makes me hate us. Yeah. It just reminds me that we like, because there's a part of it where it's like, you kind of feel like, okay, like the nature aspect of it, where it feels like us just stopping what we usually do gives mm-hmm. nature a chance to kind of rebalance itself in yes, some way. it does. But then at the same time, the kind of, the global way that we live and the way that you can just get a flight to wherever really quickly, yeah. it's amazing. And it's almost like, it feels like if we stopped doing that mm-hmm. and rewound that, would you then have like, the kind of resurgence in other countries when they do come into contact with a, mm-hmm. each other, it'd be mm-hmm. worse because we're not exposed to each that's other. That's a very good point, actually. I think that's true. I think there are pluses and minuses to both. But we, anyway, everyone knows that we've got to figure out better ways of doing travel and oh, yeah. stop polluting the world Recycle. so bad and recycling and just make everything compostable. Yes. Just Good everything plan. has a natural... Even airplanes. Even your computer, so it oh. <laughs> falls apart. So thank you for being here today, Tom. You're very welcome, Julie. Did you learn stuff? Learned loads. So I just oh. stopped talking for a good 20 minutes just <laughs> listening. Just listening to me going on. When I did this with Beth, we ended up by me calling her creep. Do you want me to call you something similar? No. Do you want to do your Fury <laughs> <laughs> impression for the viewers? Yes. Go on. Um... Don't uh, poison each other with plagues and things like that. Don't eat rats. Be careful. Be careful. Wash your hands. Oh, here's something that is important. Okay. Like, I was reading the plague, well, La Peste by Albert Camus, Mm -hmm. where a fictional plague breaks out. 
in you know much more recent times than mm-hmm. any of the kind of latest ones yeah and it's full-on kind of real plague and it's spreading a lot and it's coming from rats Lovely. but there's a really good line in it where the narrator and the main character is kind of the hero of the story or is who you follow throughout the whole thing he says it's not about heroism it's not about a lot of things like the what he can put the the appropriate response to it the most important thing is decency oh that's and very good i think good. that is very applicable to now that's very applicable just be decent be decent to everyone yeah no matter what that's everything from us today if you liked the episode you can find and follow us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and other podcast apps we're also on facebook and instagram at helpful histories as well as helpfulhistories.com if you'd like you can leave a review or share on any of these platforms Thanks for listening and we'll be back in a few weeks with another episode.